0: The Irene Dunn Fred McMurray Show. Starring Irene Dunn as Susan and Fred McMurray as George. Together in a gay new exciting comedy adventure, Strike Star. The Irene Dunn, Fred McMurray Show, starring Irene Dunn as Susan Armstrong, owner and editor of the Hillsdale Morning Star, and Fred McMurray as George Harvey, the paper's star reporter. And if at the moment things seem pretty quiet with Irene and Fred, that is Susan and George, five will get you ten if the condition is only temporary.
1: Have you done anything about this letter from... Uh... Am I disturbing you, Miss Armstrong?
2: What? Oh, no,
1: George. Go right ahead. I'm listening. Good. Well, you know this letter that came in last week from C.L. Coughlin. Well, he's getting in from New York this afternoon, and... Susan, this is good old George talking to you. Remember me?
2: I have the strangest feeling, George. Like a message is trying to break through to me
3: from out
1: of the air. Look, would you mind snapping out of it, Susan? If there's anyone who's trying to break through the fog, it's... Hey, somebody threw a rock through the window. I, I might have been hurt. It's
2: too sad about you. Look, there's a flower tied to the rock.
1: Watch out, Susan, it might be a bomb. Oh,
2: don't be silly, George. It's just a rose, a single rose with a car.
1: Oh, uh, what's it say?
2: It's for me, George.
1: Susan, unless you read it to me, I'll... I'll... You'll what? Well, I'll look over your shoulder.
2: There's just a signature. Amaryllis. That's all he ever says. Amaryllis. Oh, he yeah, ever... You mean this isn't the first time? Oh, no. It's been going on all week.
1: Well, I thought the office has been a little drastic.
2: He doesn't always use the window. Sometimes he leaves his tributes outside the door. Tributes? A single rose. A single gemstone. Isn't it exciting, John?
1: Susan. You... Miss Armstrong. Ah. Susan, would you mind descending from cloud nine? You've still got a newspaper to write, you know.
2: He must be tall and blonde, hair tumbling over his forehead and shining ringlets.
1: How about C.L. Coffin?
2: Who's C.L. Coffin?
1: Well, he probably doesn't have shining ringlets tumbling over his forehead, but he's coming here from New York to see if his agency wants to place their advertising in our paper or the news. Remember?
2: Vaguely. Vaguely
1: student, he's going to expect someone to meet him this evening. Take him out, show him a big time.
2: Oh, that's nice, George. You do it.
1: Me? Spend the whole evening with some bald-headed rounder while you moon over Amaryllis? You can Never. have
2: an unlimited expense account, George. Susan,
1: you're the editor of the paper, and you should... And be... you're
2: the reporter, right? Well... And as editor, I'm assigning you to spend this evening, and as much time thereafter as necessary, entertaining C.L. Cox.
1: Susan, you're being totally unfair. And furthermore, I'm
2: not... A single rose. The way to any woman's secret heart.
1: Oh, how corny can you get? <sighs>
3: Quitting
2: time,
1: Mr. Harvey For me, Sammy, there is no quitting time My duties just go on and on While Miss Armstrong goes home to dream of one who sends a single rose
2: Amaryllis
1: You've seen him?
2: No, but I find a single rose and single violets outside the door in the morning
1: Hasn't he ever heard of the United States Mail?
2: But you know, Mr. Harvey, this gag is just bad enough to be dynamite with the women. Oh, I don't know. I tried it on my girl the other night. A single chrysanthemum.
1: Oh? Uh, how'd it go? Murder. Murder? And while this is going on, I'm supposed to spend an evening with C.L. Kaufman.
2: Who's C.L. Kaufman?
1: A big space buyer here from New York. He wants to be entertained.
2: Take him to the flower show.
1: You are young, Samuel. C.L. Kaufman will first impress on me how happily married he is and they want to know if I've got any good phone numbers.
2: He's in for a big disappointment.
1: Ah, there's only some way I could get away from him early. Break the leg? Sammy. Sammy, I am about to give birth to a brilliant idea.
2: Will he clean cloth and light the hot water?
1: You, Sammy, will accompany me this evening as my fun-loving nephew. Huh? You will go along on our revels, Sammy, being your usual charming self. This should send Mr. Coffin to bed at an early hour.
2: You're not afraid the paper might lose at account?
1: Well, if it does, it'll serve Miss Armstrong right.
2: Maybe I'm not as obnoxious as you think.
1: Stick close to us, Sammy. I'm willing to take the chance. Just stick close to us.
3: Amaryllis? Ah. Yes. Yes?
1: Well, uh, how do you do? I'm George Harvey, the Hillsdale Morning Star. I guess you're Mr. Kaufman's secretary.
3: Well, you come in. Uh,
1: thank you. Uh, this is my little nephew, Sammy. Uh, say hello to Mr. Kaufman's secretary. Sammy? Down, Sammy, down you have to excuse my nephew. He's a nice kid, but a little precocious.
2: (laughs) You're the editor of the Star, Mr. Harvey? Well, not
1: exactly. Uh, Miss Armstrong is our editor, and she was a little tied up this evening, so Sammy and I are pinching for her. Uh, Is uh, Mr. Kaufman around?
2: Who cares about Mr. Kaufman, Uncle George, when we can talk to his secretary? Well,
1: I feel pretty much the same way myself, but uh, business is business, right?
2: Mr. Harvey, do you always take your nephew along on business, calls? Oh,
1: I'm sure Mr. Kaufman will grow to love Sammy as much as I do. (laughs) We might kill him before the night's over. With kindness, that is.
2: <laughs> you have dinner in mind? Oh, sure,
1: dinner. The works. I'm on an expense account. Oh,
2: that sounds wonderful. I'll get my coat and be right with you. Yes,
1: you will? Uh, well, how about C.L. Kaufman? Well,
2: I don't think he'll mind. You see, I'm C.L. Kaufman. You? Mr. Harvey, Uncle George, we hit the jackpot. You don't object that I'm a woman, Mr. Harvey. Object?
1: No, 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 indeed. In fact, I think you make a much better woman than a man. Uh, that is, uh, I mean...
2: Uh, the C stands for Christmas.
1: Christine. Christine. Well, it's practically my favorite name. You know, I wasn't much looking forward to this evening before I came here, but uh, now I... Think...
2: You and me both, Uncle George.
1: Uh, Sammy. Uh, Sammy, are you sure you haven't got homework or something to do this evening?
2: Don't worry, Uncle George. Just like you said, I'll stick close to you. Well, Sammy, you... Blood's thicker than water, Uncle George. Oh, swell, but... Sam... I wouldn't go off and desert my old uncle. But it is... It... Not for all the money in the world.
1: Five dollars?
3: No, sir. Not for all the money... Make
1: it ten. My only nephew, a blackmailer. Well, yep. here's your ten, relative.
3: Thanks.
2: Hey, have a good time, Miss Kaufman. Have a
1: good time, Uncle George. <coughs> Are we ready, George? Ready, CL? Now, let's see. I can put that ten dollars on the expense account. Contribution to juvenile delinquency. <laughs>
3: Look, the
2: first thing, George, is that you were over one hour late for work this morning. I was? You <sighs> were. And the next thing is this expense account you turned in. It's disgraceful. No, I, I thought it was rather good. Would you mind explaining this item of twelve dollars for orchids?
1: Well, you told me to show old C. L. Kaufman a good time, Susan.
2: Does a good time have to include ten dollars for a teddy bear?
1: You know how it is with us tired businessmen. When we relax, we relax all the way. Now, oh, then. What do you hear from uh, Amarillas
3: these days, uh,
2: George? We're discussing you and C. L. Kaufman and your teddy bear. Well, I hope that out of all this, you would least convince Mr. Kaufman that he should place his advertising with the stars.
1: Advertising? Oh, advertising. I knew there was something we forgot to talk about.
2: George, Hart.
1: Yeah, but don't you worry, Susan. I'm perfectly willing to take C.L. out again tonight.
2: Oh, that's certainly big on. No, it's
1: nothing. No sacrifice is too great to make for the paper.
2: Honestly, for two cents, I take Mr. Kaufman off myself tonight.
1: Well, I don't think C.L. would care for your type, Susan. You'd better stick to uh, Amaryllis.
2: Mm-hmm. The trouble with you is, George Harvey. You can't understand anything fine and noble. You're just
3: a a, a man. Oh, how true! How true! Uh, well,
1: anyone for lunch?
2: We're going out tonight, Miss Susan? And no patience. I'm just going to sit home and burn. Well, it's a nice cool night for it. George, George. Just because I possess some slight interest in this fellow who's been sending me flowers, George thinks he can turn his life into a bacchanalian revel. A bacchanalian what? He and that C.L. Kaufman. Out buying orchids and teddy bears for strange women. And on my money. How do you know he's out with Mr. Kaufman at all? Patience! You don't suppose... Oh, he wouldn't dare. (laughs) Whatever else you say about Mr. Harvey, you have to admit he's got courage. You don't think I should buy money? No, not a bit. But if it was my money, I'd be under the table in a false
3: mustache. (laughs)
2: George, you really rumble beautifully.
1: I do? Well, uh, thank you.
2: It was so inconsiderate of the orchestra to play a walk.
1: Well, we'll get together one of these times. (laughs) Uh, Shall we sit down?
2: Thank you.
3: Uh,
1: Miss Kaufman. Chris. Chris. Uh, Yes, George? Do you think we might uh, talk a little business? George.
2: You mean you have ulterior most. Why,
1: no, no, not at all. It's just I the... should have known. Well, now, wait, Miss Caldman. Uh, uh, Chris, It
2: wasn't I... as if Mother didn't warn me. Don't leave your home in New York for that city of Hillsdale, she said. You have no idea what men are really like. Oh, but I... You need a man there, she said. Some handsome, charming, devil-may-care robes, she told me.
1: Mother said that? About me? Well...
2: <laughs> he'll wait until he has you completely under his spell, and then he'll sing it on you. He'll say... How much advertising space are you going to buy in my paper? George, how could
1: you? I, uh, I guess I'm just a cad. Well, now that uh, you see me in my true colors, I guess there's nothing to do but to save that.
2: Aren't you going to ask me how much space I'm going to buy in your paper? But you said... You forget I'm completely under your spell, George.
1: Well... Well, I, uh, I just happened to have with me a contract, Miss Kaufman, calling for your agency to.
2: George Harvey! Susan! Uh, what are you doing here? I do not intend to make a scene, George. About what? About what? Really, George. You totally betray my trust in you. You use the paper's expense account to lavishly entertain personal friends, and then you brazenly ask. Susan,
1: uh... Susan, you'll die laughing when you hear here. <laughs> it's really very funny. <laughs>
2: just tell me one thing, George. <laughs> Where is C.L. Kaufman? You're <laughs> your, your, yeah,
1: well, I am. You're... You're... how I told you you die laughing, Susan. <laughs> Isn't that the funniest thing you ever heard? <laughs>
2: uh, well, practically
1: so, i <laughs> <laughs> yes, This is Miss Armstrong, Miss Kaufman. She's the owner of the paper. <laughs>
3: uh,
2: how
1: do you do? How do you do? And, Susan, uh, Chris and I, uh, that is, Miss Kaufman and I, were just about to sign a contract for... A... Uh,
2: do you have to explain it to me much more fully, George? Much? How much? It may take days and months. But, uh... uh George, listen to what the orchestra's playing—a rumba. Shall we dance?
1: You don't mind, Susan.
2: Mind? Oh, not a bit. Go right ahead.
3: Well, come on, George.
2: Shall we dance? I think I brought this on myself. But does George have to enjoy it so much? This is Sherry Lewis. You know, they say seeing is believing, but you can't always believe everything you see, for you may not be seeing all there is to see. The ability to read distant signs and charts only indicates that one has the ability to read distant signs and charts. Good sight depends on many other visual skills as well. Vision defects can be a particular problem with children because changes in vision occur so gradually that they may not be aware of them. In fact, studies indicate. Four out of ten school children are handicapped by visual defects. I recently took my preschool daughter for her first annual vision exam. She loved it. Obviously, a vision exam doesn't hurt. She had such fun exploring the optometrist's office, and I had fun hearing that her eyes were up to par, especially since 80% of learning is seeing. Why don't you give your youngsters the opportunity to learn as much as possible? Have their eyes and yours professionally examined at least once a year. The American Optometric Association recommends it.
0: two stars, Irene Dunn and Fred McMurray, and the second act of our story. Susan Armstrong has given her ace reporter, George Harvey, the assignment of entertaining a space buyer for an advertising agency from New York. When the space buyer turned out to be young, attractive, and decidedly feminine, George begins to enjoy his assignment immensely.
2: Flower well, like for oh, you. I thank John. Well, There's an extra dough in there, Sammy. I'll look at it later. I'm just not in the mood for rhododendrons right now. I was talking over your case with my girl last mm-hmm. night, Mister John. Oh, thank you very much, Sammy. It's nothing. My girl says that if Mister Harvey is having a big girl with this Miss Kaufman from New York, so should you. Would you mind saying that again, Sammy? And then arrival agency man from New York. Let him sweep you off your feet in a purely imaginary way, of course. No, Sammy, I wouldn't consider it. My relation with mister Hardy is based on mutual honesty and trust. Sure. I really couldn't think of such a thing. Uh, a horrible safe fire, did you say? They do it in the movies all the time, you Armstrong. John. Oh, no, Sammy, no, definitely and positively. I do not feel that there is any room. Oh.
1: Good morning, Susan. Hi, Sammy.
2: Hi, Mr. Harvey. You look
1: terrible. Well, uh, the pace that kills. Much anything for the newspapers, Susan.
2: I want you to know I appreciate your efforts, George. I know what a great sacrifice you'll make No,
1: like I said, it's nothing. Nothing at all. Well, it's uh, time for lunch
2: yet. Mm. How much longer do you think this mad social fling will continue Well, it's uh,
1: hard to tell. You see, Alice, it's pretty hard enough to crack. Uh,
2: but you'll stick on the job if it takes years, won't you, Mr. Harvey? Yeah,
1: you know me, Sammy. Anything? For well, the
2: newspaper. you told me. Yes, I strong. No, Sammy, no, definitely not. Hey, okay, what's this all about? Well, I was just telling Sammy, George,
3: that... I'll
2: get it. <laughs> Hello?
3: This is Patience, Miss Susan. I just wanted to know it. Freddy.
2: Freddy, darling. why? What? what are you doing in town? Miss Susan,
3: this is Patience. I just wanted want to know if you told me Pop Rose was seen or
2: or and No. Why, you're working for an agency in New York, Freddy? And you're here to play some advertising? Why, incredible. I don't believe it myself. Um,
3: Miss I think there's something wrong with the connection. I say and you say Freddy, darling. But
2: of course I can see you this evening. After all, isn't it business, Freddy? that business sometime, won't we? I've just got the
3: cleverness.
2: Same old naughty Freddy. Shall we say tonight, then? Around eight? All right. Until then, Freddy. Bye.
1: <laughs> I gather that was Freddy.
2: What a coincidence. First you're Miss Kaufman, and now my dear old Freddie. Both here from New York to play big accounts with a star. Isn't that a coincidence? It didn't surprise me a bit.
1: Susan, you never told me about this, Freddie, darling.
2: Oh, did I? Well, I guess I just never did think that you'd be interested, George. After all, that was years ago. What
1: was years ago? Well,
2: nothing, really. Just one of those summertime things, setting into fall and winter, you know.
1: I do not know, Susan. And furthermore, I... I mean, haven't you got somewhere to go?
2: Sure, but I was just thinking. I can hardly wait to become an adult. It certainly looks interesting. <laughs>
1: Miss Armstrong, come in yet, Sammy?
2: Patient's phoned in an hour ago. Miss Armstrong will be late. Late,
1: huh? Ready, darling, again, What do you think,
2: Mister
1: Harvey? Well, I think, Sammy, that for a responsible owner of a newspaper, Miss Armstrong is acting like. Oh, good
2: morning, George. How are
1: you, Sammy? Well, I hope this doesn't cut too deeply into your social activities. Miss Armstrong showing up at the paper once in a while.
2: Why, George, you're jealous? How cute, Sammy? There's a delivery boy at the door. Would you get it? Armstrong.
1: I am not jealous, Susan, and furthermore, I reserve the right to criticize your conduct when in my judgment, your actions... I pre- mean, Mr.
2: Armstrong, did I open it? <laughs> Me, Sammy, you were saying, George?
1: In my judgment, Susan, your conduct with this Freddy Just is... Just Oh,
2: he shouldn't have. Is there a car, Sammy? Sure. To my darling Susan, in memory of a most drastic <laughs> personal.
1: Now look here, Susan. It's not enough that I have to put up with someone sending you single roses, but now this Freddie is down. Well,
2: I didn't think you noticed. I thought you were too busy with Miss Kaufman.
1: Don't change the subject. I demand to know all about this Freddie. Have you seen him, Sammy? Yeah. No. Well, let's get together, shall we?
2: Well, Sammy's told me that he's seen him, but only briefly. Sure.
1: Well, uh, what's he look like? Is he tall or short?
2: Or... Tall. Sorry.
1: Uh, how is that?
2: Well, he's a tall man who gives the impression of being short. You know.
1: I don't know, but I'm beginning to suspect. And it's uh, strange. I've never seen you two out together.
2: Oh, Freddie hates crowds. I
1: I thought he was such a playboy.
2: Well, he is, put in a quiet way. Sure.
1: Susan, uh, Miss Hoffman and I are going to the Ming Room this evening. Uh, why don't you and Freddie, darling, join us?
2: Oh, well, you see, George... I don't, oh, we're... we could
1: come over to your house.
2: Oh, no. I mean...
1: Good. Then we'll make it the Ming Room, huh? I'm certainly looking forward to meeting Freddy.
3: <laughs> so long. <laughs>
2: Well, what do I do now, Sammy? The same thing exactly happened in the movie I saw, Miss Armstrong. The girl was in the same predicament. And how did she get out of it? I never found out. (laughs) The film broke. Sammy, what would I ever do without you? It's a very interesting situation, Miss Susan. How do you intend to get out of it? I don't know. How about pressing Amarillo into service? My unseen lover, the man with the flowers. How could I ever find him? <laughs> you might follow the nearest bumblebee. No use patience. I could just think of somebody to impersonate Freddie. I'd take anyone, the milkman, the paper boy, anybody. <laughs> Who's that? Oh, I don't know, Miss Susan, want me to answer the door? No, I'll go myself. Who knows? It might be Freddy,
3: darling. Oh, sure, Freddy, darling. <laughs> oh, I, I didn't
0: think you were in, Armstrong. Uh, who are you? Can't you guess? <laughs> yeah.
2: A single, forget-me-not. You're not...
0: Yeah. Amaryllis. <laughs> oh, no. I... Uh... I hope you don't mind me sending your flowers you see it. I'm a window washer. A
2: window washer?
0: Yeah, I wash the building across the street from your paper. I, every time I look over at you, I... Please. I, I better be going.
2: No. Uh, no. Uh, come in, Amorella.
0: Me? Well, thanks. I, I hope you didn't mind my throwing a rock through your window the other day with a rose. I hate windows.
2: Oh, no, Think nothing of it. Oh. Uh, uh, Amaryllis, do you possibly think, just for one evening, that you could impersonate a man named Freddie?
0: That's my name, Fred.
2: Oh. Well, at least that's a star. You see, Fred, while this all seems horribly complicated, it's just something I've gotten into more or less by accident, but it's really fairly simple. And I... Almost there. Are you sure you've got everything straight?
0: Sure, Miss Armstrong. My name is Chris.
2: So we're all right so far.
0: And I'm from Philadelphia.
2: New York. Who
0: are you at? New York.
2: You have been to New York.
0: No, but I know all about it. I ain't got a guidebook. Good. I know it by heart. Huh. But I had it for 20 years.
2: Oh. If I ever get out of this, I swear I'll never again. Well, here we are. Shall we go in?
0: After you, Miss Armstrong. <laughs> George
3: and Miss Kaufman, how terribly nice. Miss Kaufman? George, this is
2: Are
0: you folks. This is Freddy.
2: Freddy, Doolittle, and we can't stay a moment. We just got by to say hello. Oh,
1: no, no, no. I wouldn't hear Now, sit down. Join us. You aren't in a hurry. Are you Freddie? Me? No, I'm got
0: all right. Well. Good. There we are. Come on, sit down. <laughs> Sorry, Miss Cody. I understand from George that you and I are in the same business, Mr.
2: Doolittle. We
0: are? Gee, mm-hmm. don't your arms get tight? Oh,
2: look, a noisemaker. What fun. <laughs> uh,
1: uh, you and Miss Crawford will have lost. Talk about, Freddy
2: being
0: fellow New Yorkers.
2: New Yorkers? You
0: remember, Freddie? New York. Oh. It's the tallest building in metropolitan New York is a Woolworth Building. <laughs> the mayor of New York is James Jimmy Walker, who is widely known as a playboy in an after dance.
3: <laughs> and in the
0: immortal words of President Hoover, New York is the most. <laughs>
2: shall
0: we dance, Freddie? Well, sure, Miss Armstrong, but I'm only on page three. <laughs>
3: I guess we
2: might as well go back to the table and face it,
3: Fred. Am I doing all right, Miss Armstrong?
2: Oh, fine. Wonderful. Why, George, where's Miss Carson?
1: Well, she got an urgent telegram, Susan, to close the deal here and come back to New York tonight. Big shake up in her agency. She went to pack.
2: Well, imagine that. You just never know, do you?
1: No. No, you don't. Uh, strange, her uh, getting a wire right at this particular time.
3: I mean, yes, isn't it?
0: I got a lot more information on New York. You know, Susan, I have a sneaking suspicion it's that it's the table. Table. Uh, Yes, a wire for her, sir. Uh, oh, another. Uh, well,
1: thanks. Uh, as I was saying, Susan, let
2: me see
1: that George. What is? Oh, is it just a telegram? That's let
2: all. me see it. Thank you.
3: Oh, Susan,
2: is... Imperative you close the deal and return New York tonight to accept new assignment in Peru.
1: <coughs>
2: George.
1: Well, it's uh, quite a coincidence. Uh, two wires and all. <laughs>
2: George Harvey, you sent this wire. New
1: York has a population. Of Me? Them.
2: I sent the one? You admit it.
1: Well, I'll admit sending this one if you'll admit sending the first one.
2: Oh, then you really wanted it to go back to New York, George?
1: You never really doubted it, did you?
2: Oh, George. Aren't we foolish?
0: <laughs> foolish, but it's fun. Don't anyone want to hear about Drain? Our two stars, Irene Dunn and Fred MacMurray, will be back with us in just a moment. up bills, buy things, make home improvements, you name it,
3: just call Beneficial Finance. You pick the curve, you pick the payments. So call Beneficial and okay. Beneficial Finance Company. Wow.
2: George. Yes, Susan? George, this time at least let's try to be adult about the whole thing. That's really the only way to grow.
1: Grow? Who wants to grow?
2: In maturity. Now, I'm willing to admit that I was wrong in pretending the existence of Freddy Dyer. Good. Of course, I wouldn't have done it if you hadn't pretended to be so fond of C.L. Kaufman.
1: Now, I'm in the wrong.
2: Of course, you wouldn't have done that either if I hadn't been so occupied with Amarillo.
1: Well, at least that's settled. You were in the wrong.
2: I was in the wrong.
1: Then let's forget it.
2: That's very good of you, George. Very adult.
1: Don't
0: mention it.
2: But did you ever stop to think that I wouldn't have been interested in amaryllis if you ever bothered to send me a single rose once in a while, but I, or an orchid, but I, or a teddy bear? But
1: oh well, for one fleeting second, I was in the right. <laughs>
0: Irene John and Fred McBurney will be back next week in another exciting comedy adventure in the Game New Series Bright Star. This is Wendell Niles inviting you to join us
3: then.